Mark Cuban. Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me. David Stern. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them, and thanks for having me on. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett. He was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Taylor. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And your preparation shows you. Tim Howard. Well, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Hope you're doing well and staying safe. A great guest for you lined up today, Wendell Carter Jr., former Duke basketball star, entering his third season as the starting center of the Chicago Bulls. He's going to join us to talk about how he's helping everyday people invest in startups. You don't need to be a millionaire to invest, and Wendell Carter Jr. is using his platform to feel less intimidated by investing. So that's coming up on our show today. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good. And I was thinking about the one thing over the weekend that I was just like kind of shocked about, and it was Dustin Johnson's 30 under. I couldn't believe that score. You know, when I saw that, I didn't watch the tournament. When I saw, because I get the press releases from the PGA Tour, when I saw that, and the next closest person was like 19 under, I was like, this has got to be a typo. Like, there's no way that he was at 30 under. And then you look at his scores and he shot a 60 in the second round. And you're like, my God, he did shoot a 30 under. He, he just went super, super low. Yeah, it's crazy. I think he had like five eagles over the four days. Like, insane. Well, and you never see anyone win a match or a, a tournament by 11 strokes. So the fact that the next closest competitor was 11 strokes behind shows you how dominant he was. The thing that caught my attention this weekend, Griggs, Luca Magic. The guy's 21 years old. He had a bum ankle. What did he, I think it was 43, 17, and 12 was his stat line on Sunday versus the Clippers, including a buzzer beater to win the game. Every time I watch this guy play, I'm more and more impressed by him. His future is very, very bright. He is absolutely exciting to watch. I mean, I love when they're on, I'm watching because he is just so creative with the basketball and how he can get in the lane and go around three, four guys and score. And then the step back three for the win. I mean, yeah, he's great. I love him. He wants the ball when it matters most. You know, you're looking at a guy who has such size as a ball handler. He's really put together for 21. I mean, when his body fully develops, he's going to be downright scary, maybe LeBron-esque. And the thing is, is he was 13 years old playing against adults in EuroLeague in Europe, Greg. So people forget that. Like, he's this prodigy in Europe, but we're just finding out about him in the last couple seasons here in the United States. And, you know, the fact that the Phoenix Suns, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Sacramento Kings passed on Luka Doncic, talk about a curse to your franchise forever. And, you know, again, I've said this on Twitter, give credit to the Dallas Mavericks, who clearly did their homework on Luka Doncic, identified him as a generational player, traded Trey Young, who they drafted, and a first-round pick for Luka. You make that trade 10 out of 10 times. No offense to Trey Young, but Luka Doncic is in another world. 
He is, and I think you're right. It's it's doing the homework. I mean, Dallas did it. They went back, they watched the film, they got to know the guy, and you know, like you said, he's been playing in these big games against athletes that are way older than him, way more experienced. And this is now showing up in his, you know, first playoff series where he's just absolutely killing it. And it doesn't matter who's trying to guard him. He's all over him. The other thing I was thinking about when I was watching Luca is before this last season, the Jordan brand signed two players, Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic. And Zion got all the headlines. Who's Zion going to sign with? We talked about here that here on this show. But I'll tell you what. As much as Zion is a phenomenal player, I think the guy who may be the long-term win for them is is Luka Doncic. And, and that wasn't nearly as hyped up as the Zion signing, but Jordan Brand really signed two great players this last year. Yeah, they really did pick up some good ones. And I think you're right. I think not many even people know that Luka was a Jordan Brand signing because he was all about Zion. And uh, so far, Luka's playing a lot longer and playing a little bit better right now because he's in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, this guy looks ready to be an MVP candidate today. Uh, if he can stay healthy, the future is very, very bright for him. All right, some headlines before we get to our interview with Wendell Carter Jr. More COVID in Major League Baseball. What a shock. The New York Mets missed four games due to COVID running through their locker room. They're going to resume play on Tuesday. But Griggs... At what point, you know, remember we asked at the beginning of Major League Baseball, what would shut down the season? They've had the Marlins. They've had the Reds. They've had the Mets. They've had several teams have COVID run through their locker room. Games have had to be postponed. St. Louis Cardinals, who missed like the first 12 days of August. At what point do you schedule so many doubleheaders and you have COVID on all these different teams? Do you just say, you know what? We're shutting it down for this year. I don't understand why they're continuing to play. I guess the TV ratings and the fact that the owners want money, yes, that's a good reason. But the season just seems more like an exhibition at this point than a genuine regular season. It really does. And you go and you look at like the uh, scoreboards of the day and it's doubleheader, doubleheader. <laughs> it feels like it's in some tournament play or something, like you said. And yeah, I think at this rate, it looks like probably every team's going to get their batch because it just keeps every week. It's a new team, a new team of COVID, a new team of COVID. And here we go. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, it's sad and, and laughable at the same time. But like you said, it's it's money driven. Yeah, I I, I don't understand it. I, you know, I know they're going to try and play in the bubble if they get to the postseason, but at some point, you know, I just wonder what would shut down the season for Major League Baseball. Obviously, we haven't reached that point yet. Speaking of more COVID tests, this was an interesting story that came out this weekend, Griggs. In one day, the NFL had 77 players and personnel test positive only for those same same people to come up negative upon further tests. So they've got a New Jersey lab that is one of five used nationwide by the NFL for its 32 teams. And these positive tests come up. The Bears get a call. Hey, you got nine positive tests on your roster. And they're like, what? So the red flags come up, 77 players and personnel in total. They retest BioReference is the lab that does these tests for the NFL, and then they come back and they're negative. It makes you wonder, like, was it really positive? Was it really negative? Does BioReference know what's going on? And then Monday, Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer, says that from August 12th through the 20th, 
there were 58,397 tests administered, including 23,260 to players. Six confirmed positive tests, zero among players. So we're getting all these different numbers. And again, it makes you wonder, like, are there teams right now where they have players or personnel that have COVID, but because of these varying test results, they don't know that they have COVID in their organization. That's a little bit unnerving. It really is because, I mean, we have been run as a country and a nation and a world on numbers lately. You know, how many numbers each day? Who's doing this? Who's got this? How many teams have it? How many teams don't have it? And then you're getting tests like this. You've got it. Oh, wait, no, you don't have it. And that's scary because, man, I mean, all the stuff that's coming out about it, you don't know how to, how to go around it. You know, are we sick or are we not sick? It's crazy. Yeah. So the Miami Dolphins and our friend Tom Garfinkel, president of the Dolphins, they announced this week they're going to allow up to 13,000 socially distanced fans to attend their home opener against Buffalo on September 20th. And that same plan is going to be followed by University of Miami's football team for their home opener on Dolphin Stadium on September 10th. So there's going to be kind of a trial run before that Dolphins game. The crowd size will be about 20% of the stadium's 65,000 seat capacity. Uh, 15 of the NFL's 32 teams have ruled out spectators for the start of the season. The Dolphins are one of at least eight teams hoping to have a limited number of spectators. And many teams haven't announced their plans yet. They're still waiting. The Dolphins have a 46-page plan for crowds, fans, and stadium employees who will be required to wear masks when not eating or drinking. Tailgating will be prohibited. There's going to be staggered gate entry with fans encouraged to enter at a designated time listed on game tickets. The stadium is going to provide additional points of entry and exit to help avoid bottlenecks. And upgraded metal detectors will allow for faster processing. There's also going to be new bathroom faucets, toilets, and soap and paper towel dispensers that will require no contact. Griggs, again, I go back to our conversation, I think it was in March or April, with Al Guido, the president of the San Francisco 49ers, where we're all trying to reimagine, like, what's it going to be like when fans attend a game? And I think we're going to get our first taste of that with the masses with, uh, you know, 13,000 fans socially distanced at the Dolphins game. And again, a few other NFL teams will allow fans, but uh, it's going to be interesting to watch to see, does it work? Does it not work? We've never been down this road before, so who knows? Again, more new territory. Like you said, we've never done this before. It's all new. And, uh, you know, in some ways, I think it's going to benefit a lot of things. I mean, like you said, contact with soap and paper towels, that should be doing that anyway. So I think that's the good side of this. And also, it's going to be strange seeing our first fans. Like, we were all shocked when no sports had fans. Now it's going to be start trickling in fans. That'll look kind of weird. Yeah, it's going to look very interesting. You know, I watched a few of the MLS games as they've returned to their home stadiums and you know, hearing the crowd noise piped in with no fans, it just looks different in their home stadium than it did in the bubble in Orlando. Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of what I saw with MLS. I guess we'll see how it looks with uh, NFL. NBA continues to do an amazing job. WNBA, they're doing a great job as well. The Philadelphia 76ers have fired their head coach, Brett Brown. That was expected for a long time. It'll be interesting to see what the Sixers do. They've got Joel Embiid. 
They've got Ben Simmons as their star players, kind of a odd roster. Um, and, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of changes in Philly in the offseason. And then finally, Griggs, the U.S. Open starts on August 31st, runs till September 13th, and this is U.S. Open tennis in New York. Serena Williams, Novak Djokovic are among the stars that will play. There will be no fans allowed in attendance. But, Griggs, that's going to be interesting to watch tennis at Arthur Ashe Stadium with no fans in attendance. You're going to hear everything in that place. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that too. Like, man, you're going to hear every little uh, tennis ball hit and every little breath and who knows under the breath as they're talking to themselves. And that'll be interesting to see. Again, uh, uh, tennis is fun. You and me like the majors especially. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I feel like it might possibly look like a practice round rather than an actual live round. So hopefully they can do some stuff with the TV to make it look a little bit more like the NBA and WNBA have been doing. But uh, hey, it's something new to watch. So I'm in. Yeah, and it's a good social distancing sport like we talked about at the beginning of all of this. Golf and tennis are probably the two best sports for social distancing. And golf has looked great on TV. And, you know, again, they're they're poised to play some majors this year, including the Masters in November. Um, I think tennis will do well. I just don't know... You know, it's going to look weird on on TV because there's no fans and, you know, maybe they pipe in some sound and, you know, that New York crowd, especially at the U.S. Open. I'm fortunate enough. I've been to the U.S. Open in New York and that's a raucous crowd and they're loud. And and unless they pipe in some noise, it's going to sound really, really different. Yeah, it's going to sound kind of hollow. And and you're right, that is kind of, as far as tennis crowds, that's more raucous, more upbeat. You hear the chatter a little bit more. They don't follow the, quote, rules of tennis crowd as much. So uh, it'll be different, as is everything. But uh, I'll be watching. All right, so before I let you go, Griggs Productions has a new logo. I like your new branding. I know you've worked with our friend Cameron Sandage on the new branding. But uh, how can people follow your website and see your new brand for themselves? Yep. We're just, thank you for mentioning. We're just uh, starting to push it out now. So yeah, griggsproductions.com, G-R-I-G-G-S. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Cam, Swing Shift Studios. He does great work, did a great job on my stuff. So I'm excited to get a fresh new look and just kind of keep building this business and uh, keep, you know, making some noise out here. So thank you for mentioning it and uh, exciting times. Yeah. A lot of people doing podcasts now. I mean, (laughs) since March, when we went into this, there's got to be thousands of new podcasts that have launched. We're kind of the the podcast OGs, 16 years and counting now. But uh, a lot of people who have really interesting things to say are, are launching their podcasts, whether it's athletes or executives or celebrities uh, you know, Michelle Obama has launched one. Obviously, Conan O'Brien had one. And then just people with really interesting perspectives. So uh, I think you might have a lot of work out there, Griggs. Yeah, it's a fun time. And you're right. No shortage of podcasts and no shortage of people with opinions and want to be heard. So uh, get, hit me up, GriggsProductions.com, and uh, we can chat. All right. Wendell Carter Jr., the starting center for the Chicago Bulls, former Duke basketball star, We're going to talk investing with him. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. There's no question that live sports and entertainment events are changing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
To ensure a strong recovery that keeps fans safe and engaged, sports venues are reimagining game day with Boingo's 5G connectivity solutions. Boingo Wireless helps partners across the NFL, NBA, MLS, and NCAA redefine the in-venue experience with 5G-ready cellular and Wi-Fi 6 networks that power new touchless technologies. From contactless ticketing and security and in-app food ordering to IoT robotics for cleaning and maintenance, Boingo's backbone of wireless connectivity makes new stadium use cases possible. Choosing a digital transformation partner you can trust is key to achieving fan experience goals and following rigorous health and safety protocols. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They help world-class venues navigate a complex and ever-changing technology landscape and have done so for 20 years. I recently had Austin FC President Andy Lochnane on Sports Business Radio. Here's what he had to say about Boingo, Austin FC's 5G partner. A relatively competitive process led to a relatively easy decision. The decision to go with Boingo was one that came with a lot of comfort and confidence. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most, and Boingo makes it all possible. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. If you need a trusted partner for your network and digital transformation needs, look no further than Boingo. Learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. My guest is Wendell Carter Jr. of the Chicago Bulls. He played college basketball at Duke. You can follow him on Twitter at Wendell Carter 34 and on Instagram at Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. Just you know, trying to stay out the way, stay safe, and stay in shape. Yeah, how's that going? I mean, I've had a lot of athletes on in the last few months, and like some people have Pelotons at home. Other people are like filling water bottles and putting them in travel bags and using them as weights. What have you been able to do during this time? Uh, I got a couple of dumbbells shipped to my house, so I've been able to do that. I've been going into the facility every day, so I've been able to do do and use everything that's inside the facility. So um, I've been I've been staying pretty pretty much in shape for the most part. Um, just the fact that we haven't been able to play any live games, get up and down the court, bang, cut, do all the stuff that you really can't prepare for. You just got to go out there and do. Now that's probably going to be the the hardest thing to get back going once we uh, finally get word from the league that we can get all together as a team. Yeah, that I mean, we've never really seen anything like this, where there's this long of a layoff between your, your last game and then, you know, when you're going to be playing again. So how do you try and stay in shape physically and mentally? Mentally, I've just been, you know, just reading books, you know, picking up different hobbies around the house. Staying in connection with my friends and family, you know, in Atlanta, my friends that are here. And uh, physically, you know, just trying to do as much working out as possible without uh, gassing myself out. Uh, you have a new basketball operations department. You're going to have a new head coach. How do you try and build those relationships? You're going into year three. You've had a good first two years. Walk me through like how you're prepping for year three, knowing you're going to have a new coach and, and new basketball operations. Not unfortunately, but very strangely, I've already been through it. I've already been through the coaching change once before. So I think I'll definitely tackle that situation well. Um, having a new front office is uh, definitely new for me. You know, I've definitely built that relationship with both 
uh, Arturas and Mark. Um, I, I like them both a lot. Can, can relate to both of them in, in their in their own ways. So I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's it's definitely going to be strange. And then on top of that, we have this whole pandemic going on. So the whole format of the league is going to be different. So you know, I think all around the league, you know, people in the bubble got a good head start on it. But I think that's going to be our new norm for like the next two or three years, maybe. So yeah, it's definitely going to be difficult. You know, these these uh that first four or five months in this new system we're going to have, but uh, we'll definitely figure it out as a team, and I think we'll be good. Have you been watching games from in the bubble from afar and seeing what's have, going on? I actually have uh, the – Miami and Indiana. Yeah, I got it on right now. So, but I've, I've, been, I've been keeping up with it. Um, that was definitely a very strange uh, strange and different uh, format that they're going about this. So, you know, like I said before, that's going to be something we're going to definitely have to get used to because – uh, just the way this world is going, we're definitely going to be seeing a lot of that you know, these next couple, next couple seasons. Did you have a chance, you know, you play for the Bulls. Did you have a chance to watch any of the Last Dance documentary? And if so, what did you think of it? Yeah, for sure. You know, in my opinion, I feel like it was edited. Not, not edited, but they kept it TV safe, I feel like. I feel like it was a lot more that probably happened in between the lines that no, I don't feel like it should have been shared or anything, but you know, just looking at the the whole thing as a as a whole, it was definitely a very good, informative um, series. You know, especially me playing for the Bulls, it was very inspiring for me. You know, just you know what the city what the city can do for a team that's winning in the playoffs, uh, in the championship every year. Like, you know, it definitely gave me goosebumps just knowing that you know, we have those kind of fans behind us because I've already seen. And we have good fans, even with a losing record. You know, they're there every, every, every game. And, you know, um, they're on social media rooting for us no matter what the circumstances are. So, you know, just, just a matter of us winning, it's going to you know, turn the city into what it was in the last dance. Like I said earlier, you've had a really good first two years in the league. Are you one of those guys that in the offseason you say, all right, these are the things I want to work on. You know, I want to add this, this, and this to my game. How do you choose, like, what do you need to add to your game and how do you work on that? Um, so, I, usually at the end of the season, so unfortunately this past season has been kind of weird, so I didn't really get to do this. But I usually sit down with either my trainer that I have that's not with the Bulls or a trainer with the Bulls. And I just kind of look over some of my old games and look at some of my highlights, look at some of my lowlights and just kind of look at what I was good at, what I knew that I was good at, what I kept going to, even though I didn't know I was doing it, I was doing it a lot. And I would just work on strengthening those towards the beginning of the summer. And then towards the end of the summer, I try to work on those things that weren't as good, as polished I would, as I would like them to be to help my team win. So, like for example, last year, I, went, I wasn't able to really do too much because I had surgery, but going into my offseason, I was planning on I'm just kind of working on my 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 perimeter shooting and my um, aggressiveness on the offensive end, which which came from like dribbling to passing to just doing everything with confidence. So that was something I was I was uh, planning on working on last year. Going of course work on that this year. So about it. You played at uh, Duke for Coach K, part of the the Duke Mafia. There's a lot of Duke guys in the in the NBA. I'm sure you've been asked this before, but like, what are a few of the lessons that you learned from Coach K that you find yourself still using today? 
whether it's basketball or non-basketball. One thing I've, I've learned from Coach K, even though it may seem very repetitive or very simple, is that to always move on, to always enjoy the moment, but to move on at the same time. Um, you know, going into, going into college, I had a, a real hard time with staying out of foul trouble. So whenever I would get in foul trouble, I would get him, get angry, get mad, get mad at the refs, get mad at everybody, and it kind of put me in a funk for the whole game. And I remember he used to always tell me, man, you got to learn to enjoy the moment and learn to move on. You know, so those two, those two sayings that he gave me you know, kind of resonated with on the court and off the court. You know, just learning to enjoy the moment, enjoy whatever's going on. And um, at the same time, we got to understand you got to move on at some point. I want to talk about uh, some of your, your businesses off the court and, and some of the things you're involved in. Um, you recently launched an influencer page with Players Impact on Republic. Explain that to our audience. Like, what does that mean and why did you get involved in this? So Republic is a format that is used for investing, for you to go into their system and be able to invest in startup companies. And I saw this as a great opportunity to give other kids, other adults a chance to learn about investing because I feel like that's something as a, as a group of people that we fail to realize is that it's one thing to save, but it's another thing to invest, you know, and you know, I've had many talks with, you know, some of the best when it comes to financial literacy and all that kind of stuff. So I've learned so many different things just on my own, but I feel like this is just an opportunity for, to give people a chance to, invest their money, not at a very, very high rate, don't have to put too, too much, and you can just see how the money works, what exactly is going on, how exactly do you benefit from it, how can you not benefit from it, you know, all the, uh, the tangibles of investing. So I feel like this is just a perfect opportunity to, um, to do it. Everybody's at home, everybody's quarantining. Why not learn about financial literacy? I think that's great because investing can be intimidating, right? Like some people think, oh, you got to have millions of dollars to invest. But through this platform, it shows you, no, you don't have to have millions of dollars. You can invest less than that and still learn at the same time. Exactly. When you're looking at a company to invest in, what's the criteria that you need to see from that company in order to say, all right, I'm going to invest some money in this? You know, the very first thing I look at is the history as a company. And I look at the history of the owner of the company. So, you know, anything, uh, a bottle, a water bottle company, I'm going to look at well, how did it start up, where did it come from, um, if it's original or not. And then I'll look at the owner of this company and see their background and see exactly what they've done or if they have any, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not looking for anybody to be perfect, of course, but. You know, just a steady trend of positivity is something I like to look for. And, you know, it's not really a big portion, but I do like to look for minority owners, you know, just because where I come from, man, it's, I, I rarely see people who look like me starting up their own companies because they're either scared to or they have people tell them that it's not the best thing to do. So whenever I see that someone actually has taken the courage, uh, taken the heart to invest in themselves, basically what they're doing, um, you know, I always want to want to help out in that aspect, but you know that's just something I look for, and like that's like the very last thing. But everything else is front line. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. 
CBDMD is the official CBD partner of Sports Business Radio, and I couldn't be happier. Their products have made a huge difference in the quality of my life, my daughter's life, even our dog's life. I was having a difficult time sleeping, and CBDMD, CBD PM drops and capsules have allowed me to sleep better than I have in years. CBD Freeze has been amazing for my daughter and I after we work out. Even our dog loves CBDMD's soft shoes. They've got a great array of products. And one of the things I like the most about CBDMD's products, they're all THC-free. That was very important to me. CBDMD is also the first American CBD company to be publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Check them out under the ticker symbol YCBD. Athletes such as two-time Masters champion golfer Bubba Watson, former NFL wide receiver turned broadcaster Nate Burleson, and UFC athletes Daniel Cormier and Chael Sonnen use CBDMD's high-quality products. Change your quality of life just like I did. These are anxious times for a lot of us, and CBDMD's products have helped me sleep better and just live a, a higher quality of life. Visit CBDMD.com and enter the promo code SBR to save 25% off at checkout. That's CBDMD.com, promo code SBR. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. What about you uh, as an entrepreneur? Do you ever say, hey, I want to start my own company and you know, bring in some partners that, uh, you know, are, they look like me or I'm encouraged by what they've done in the past. Yeah. So I'm actually in the process of, uh, you know, getting my own company off the ground. Uh, definitely taking it very, very slow. want to make sure I got all my I's and cross all my T's. So uh, it's definitely in the process. Still just taking it one day at a time, just trying to make sure it's the perfect company ever. <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, look, you went to Duke, so you're smart. You have access to some pretty amazing people from going to Duke and from being a pro athlete and playing for the Chicago Bulls. So utilizing that access to some really bright people has got to be able to help you, you know, when you're starting your own thing. Yeah, for sure. It's like as soon as I left Duke, I thought the best thing to do was to go back, you know, just to go back and talk to some of the alums and stuff during like some of the football games, some of the basketball games, just network with some of them. And uh, you know, that was like one of the first things I did because the owner of my agency actually went to Duke. So it just kind of all worked out. You know, he just – he thought it was a good idea too. So we both went back and you know, just got a chance to talk to some of the alums. You know, some of them are owner of really, really big companies. Um, some work for some of the most successful companies in the world. So you know, it was just a, a great opportunity for me to brain pick them and, learn what I can do for myself going forward. A lot of the athletes I have on this show, it's funny, you know, it used to be you'd sit around the locker room and you talk about your cars and your <laughs> stereos and things like that. Now, like guys are talking about investing and going in on business deals with each other. Are you finding that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I would probably say the first person to, to, to come to me about investing was Thaddeus Young. I probably some of the first conversations we had together on, on on the plane rides, we sit right next to each other. And we just kind of chop it up, like what he's invested in and what he did with his first check when he got in the league. And yeah, so he he's definitely been a great outlet for me. You know, it's someone I definitely do go to, you know, whenever I have ideas about something or something that's kind of original or kind of new. I always just hit him up and just see what he thinks. Not saying he's going to stop me from doing it or make me do it. It's just it's always good to hear from someone who's been in the game for a long time, been investing his, a lot of his money, 
made a lot of made a lot of money through investing. So um, that's definitely someone I look up to when it comes to investing. Black Lives Matter has been big. I love what the NBA is doing with the jerseys and Black yeah. Lives Matter on the court. I saw that you participated in some marches in in Chicago. You know, as I've said on my show, I've had Coach Fizdale on and, and a lot of other guests recently. I'm a white guy. Like, yeah. so I, I need to be educated by my friends of color. Yeah. What can we do in this world to make it a better place? I read your tweet on May 30th and you said, what's going on, man? Is it that hard to just do the right thing and love one another? You know how simple and fun this world would be if we could just do those two things. It sounds simple, right? But yeah. it's been anything but. So what can we do to make this world a better place? I mean, I can go on for hours on how we can make this world a better place because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm a person who who understands that we are not the only problem in this world. We are one of very many, you know what I'm saying? So the Black Lives Matter movement is just so, goes to show an example of how imperfect our world is, how, how evil our world is. So I just kind of look at this situation as a, a, an eye opener for everybody. Like, yes, Black Lives Matter. Like, it's, it's, it's like bigger than that. Like the Black Lives Matter is just this one little sector of like so many other problems that we have. So I feel like um, you know, for us to make that thing happen, it's, it has to be a trickle effect from the, from the top. And you know, just having allies is definitely gonna help us just because of the format of this country. So, you know, like I said, Black Lives Matter is, I'm not saying it's a small problem, but it's just one of many. And I feel like until we can understand that, for example, arresting the, the people who killed Breonna Taylor, or at least taking them, like doing something to show that they're putting in effort to do the right thing for everybody. That's the only way that us, are, us people are going to understand that we have allies. But it's, it's, I mean, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, we're going out and marching, we're going out and we're protesting. But it never, I mean, it's all on the news, it's all, all good, all fine and dandy, but it's the, it's the concrete things, the, the straight line things that we're not getting done. Like, it's kind of like we're just, we come up to the problem and we just take a huge detour around it and then just try to, like, leave it in the past, try to, try to forget about it. So I feel like, like I said, I could really go on for, for, for one or two, two or three hours trying to explain what we have to do as a country to get those... Uh, get that to really resonate as a country. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things is we need to continue the conversation, right? Like in mm -hmm. our country, some things become a big deal. And then after like three weeks, they're not a big deal anymore. Exactly. And this is something that until severe changes are made and, you know, we, we course correct on this and we see results and arrests are made and people are held accountable. This conversation needs to continue yeah. because it's not something that's going to change unless we continue talking about it. And, uh, you know, I commend you for using your platform to continue to talk about it and, you know, being out there with the marches and, and cause I think what people do is they, they see someone like yourself and they're inspired to go out there and they're inspired right. to let their voice be heard or to try and make a change in our world. And I think that's important. Your role model. Yep, exactly. Um, before I let you go, you know, I, I know you're a gamer. Like, 
Are there some other things, other sides of Wendell Carter Jr. that you want people to know about, like your, your personal side? No, nah, I mean, I've launched this Republic thing, so maybe that can show some of my interest. You know, I, I love money. Not necessarily just, like, I just love numbers. I right. Love, I was a huge math guy growing up through, through high school. Took a, even though I was at Duke for one year, took a real hard math class while I was at Duke. So, I mean, it's nothing really concrete. I like to read. <laughs> What's a good book? Recommend a good book that you've read. Uh, I'm actually reading this one book. It's in my room. Um, the Gar- I think it's called The Guardians. Okay. Uh, it's, it's about a, um, it's this group of people who start this, this lawyer group that's representing people who are wrongf- wrongfully convicted of like crimes, murders, or anything. So... It's a fiction story, but I feel like it's very relevant to today's uh, situation. They try to focus on minorities throughout the whole book, so it's a pretty good book for sure. What about food scene in Chicago? There, they got some good restaurants. Super fire! Uh, I definitely recommend RPM Steak. I definitely recommend Steak Forty Eight. So you and Lowry aren't going to eat because Lowry is vegan or vegetarian. Yeah, didn't yeah he's so crazy. <laughs> I, can't get, I can't get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, hey, Wendell Carter Jr., Chicago Bulls. You can follow him on Twitter at Wendell Carter 34 or on Instagram at Wendell Carter Jr. Hey, great job with, uh, you know, working with uh, Players Impact on Republic. I, I love what you're doing because I think you're showing people who are afraid that there's a, a barrier to investing and that you've got to have lots and lots of money yeah. in order to invest. There's not that barrier. And I think there's a lot to learn by investing in companies. For sure. For sure. So I appreciate your time. Be safe. Appreciate you, man. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizzen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and Main is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenandMain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Main also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com. Use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenandMain.com, code SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends from Boingo Wireless, CBDMD, and Mizzen in Maine. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. 
Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.